All right, we're live back again. The All-Star MMA live show. We're back to recap UFC Vegas 74, Kai Kara France versus Amir Abazi. Lots of controversy in that matchup. Not even in the matchup, just in the, the results, the scorecards, right? And we're going to jump into that. But before we jump into that, uh, make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, make your picks on the app. And even if you don't, you know, follow MMA as closely, you could go follow NBA, soccer, uh, anything, pretty much any sport. It's it's customizable. So go check out the app and uh, and utilize it, man. It's fun. And, and you could join J-Spec's league. J-Spec, tell them about the league, man. All right. So it's real simple. You get into the app, click picks and join contests. What contest is that? J-Spec's prize league, where I am giving away autographed memorabilia to the highest scoring individual every month. And there's some other rules inside of that. Nothing too hard, but it, the rules basically make it so that everybody can win. So if you're a champion, you got to sit down for two months. You're not eligible for prizes. That's the really biggest, the biggest hurdle uh, just to get everybody a chance to win. Other than that, uh, we do a special event where you don't have to be the highest scoring person of the month on our YouTube Twitter watch parties that I do every week for UFC events. The UFC pay-per-view events, we do a small game within within a game called the ultimate fight game and you just have to be the best picker at the watch party and you will win autograph memorabilia that way so two times uh it, you have the chance per month to win so there you go yeah man it's it's an incredible opportunity man you make picks you win and you win memorabilia like that memorabilia no one could ever take from you you know what i mean it's it's something that even if the fighter dies hopefully nobody dies too quick but if they do they live in you know, forever with you, you know, with the memorabilia. What did you give out? Did you give out anything yet? No, not yet, because we're waiting for the wonderful feature to be added to the to okay. the app. And it's a recently uh, added, I think, late May. So it wasn't fair to run May's contest. So June, everybody get in. If you're already yeah. on the app, don't worry. If you're uh, if you're already on the app and you haven't joined, it'll take your scores from your, uh, say, this week's fight that you might have not be in my league. And it'll merge your score into the league. So just come on in. And you know what? There's plenty of fights left, plenty of scoring opportunity. You know, there's no champion crowned yet. We just started this month, baby. So just jump on in and uh, get used to it. We're going to do this month after month till the wheels fall off, baby. There you go. There you go, man. Um, yeah, there's some there's some killers on that app, man. Some guys that are really, really good at picking who's going to win. The method, the round, it's insane Like how well-versed some of the fans are so everybody get on that and and beat harris we, we know harris if you're watching we know you man we, we try to figure you out man i tied like him it's the best oh, i ever yeah. did i tied harris this last event and i was like championship i don't even care if it's a tie i'm taking this one home yeah <laughs> make sure you guys uh hit that subscribe and the like button you know leave a comment as well you know as as we go through all the uh the fights to, uh from yesterday and uh sicko man appreciate you for coming on make sure you guys go follow sicko Always. at sicko sports and go hit up his youtube subscribe to it how what, what how what's the title what's the title of your page uh sicko sports podcast you just there type you that go. in youtube and spotify and you'll see me there you go man he's been putting in the work you know what i mean and follow him on social media he put putting up some good clips man and he's doing other sports as well you know what i mean nba nfl you're doing all of them right uh mostly those in M yeah mma nfl nba all right, Those there you go. All right, let's jump into the main event. Uh, Amir Abazi takes the split decision over Kai Kara France. Um, you know, uh, 
when there's a decision, right? I don't care if it's split or if it's unanimous, as long as the right fighter won. And there's a lot of controversy here, man. We've we've seen the video of uh, Izzy reacting to the to the decision. He kind of like knew before the decision was read. He had a feeling that his boy was gonna lose. You know, there's a lot of people that thought Amir won, and and rightfully so. And there's a lot of people that thought Kai Car France won. You know, what I mean, there's a controversy. I wanted to get your reactions first. Uh, J spec on uh on this fight and 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 the decision. I know you picked Amir Abazi. I did. I did pick Amir. Um now it's not anything against Kai on any level. You know, he's a good fighter. Actually, I've been adoring Kai since literally the beginning of his career when he entered the UFC. I thought to myself, man, he's got the moves at an early level. And here he is, you know, top three, top five type fighter, and that's what he is. Um, on the other hand, this controversy it, it falls in line with so many recent events in in not just mma but also boxing where i think fans who are not actively scoring the round by round get a cognitive bias that we're all humans susceptible to and that's recency bias kai kai france won in my opinion for round four and five clearly when you have a strong you know back half of a fight it sways a lot of people once again, this is a split decision, meaning the fight was close. There's nobody, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of arguments all over the place, but I don't think you can argue that it wasn't a very close, highly contested fight where both fighters gave it to each other and had strict advantages in different moments. So with that being said, I, I get it. I get why people are up in arms about this, but for me personally, this isn't the robbery on the card. The robbery on the card, and sorry for skipping on to something else so far down the line, Jin Yu Frey got robbed by Elise Reed, and we're spending all of MMA media and MMA Twitter is spinning their wheels talking about this fight, which is just close, and the result came out probably not the way you wanted, when there's reality, a real sour judging situation, like I said earlier on the, uh, earlier in the night. So... With that being said, I don't have a problem with this result. I think it's just people don't actively score rounds. Um, I do have individual gripes, specifically with Chris Lee, but I often do. Uh, there's the fourth round, like, not that that's wrong. And I see that's the kind of stuff that get people going, get people upset, and I can see their argument. For me, I always joke that uh, Sal Diamato is my uncle. I wish he was. But uh, me and Uncle Sal see eye to eye for once once a year me and him have the same scorecard and i guess it's uh this fight so all that being said i don't i don't really get the outrage i don't really get all the effort on arguing on this fight it was a main event both guys are highly skilled it was back and forth and somebody's i mean that's you could have had a draw but someone's got to win someone's got to lose this is our sport and i think the more popular fighter the fighter that a lot of people have emotion for is Kai Carafrance. And you mix all that together, and now you got arguments on the internet. And that's my take. Well, with the reason why I think there's not much uh, controversy surrounding the Jin Yu Fry fight with the least read is because all the judges' scorecards were the same, exactly the same. They gave the first round to, to Jin, and then they gave the second and third round to Elise Reed. And when you see something like that, it's consistent, right? And and that's what you know you you want from judges. You want consistency. Maybe if the wrong fighter won, 
still consistency, right? But in this fight, there's no consistency, right? You look at the fourth round. That's the round that everybody's looking at. Sicko, you look at it. You look at Chris Lee's scorecard, and he scores it for Albazi. And then you got the other two judges scoring it for Kai Kara France. And it seems like round three and round four are probably the most clear-cut rounds for each fighter, right? Round three, you got to give it to Amir Abazi. He took the back, almost finished the fight, almost choked him out. Even though Kai Kara France, like, escaped and actually ended the round in a good position, still, Amir Abazi won that round. The fourth round, it was clear Kai was, you know, dominating on the feet. He was landing more. If you look at the numbers, and the numbers don't tell the whole story, but if you look at it, it was like, what, 25 strikes to like three or something like that? If those three strikes rocked Kai, I could see Amir Abazi winning that round, but Kai probably won that round clearly. Sicko, what do you think of uh, the rounds and, and just the fight overall? I mean, yeah, that's the issue, right? It's just Chris Lee's scorecard with the fourth round. Like, it's crazy that Sal Diamato, Mike Bell, they both had different fighters, but I can agree with both of them. Like, I'm not mad on either one, and they had the diff two different fighters winning the fight. But Chris Lee, it's the fourth round. It's like you were saying, like, that's always the issue. And if I'm not mistaken, it was a lot of the same thing with the Aljamain and Henry, right, where people, I think the majority of people thought Aljamain won, but even the scorecards were like, wait, how did you give Henry that round? Or how did – it's just the same thing. It's like you said, consistency. What is the criteria? How are these guys all scoring these rounds? Like, what are they putting more emphasis on? Is it – damage is it strike totals is it control time is it controlling the center of the octagon like what are you looking at specifically and we see it time and time again we're even like leg kicks how many times do we talk about leg kicks and saying do they know what a check leg kick is like do they know what the difference is between a check kick and not check and how much credit are they giving a non-check leg kick because those add up but there might be some judges that are just like ah eh, those are nothing we're just like no those might be significant so getting these guys on the same page is what needs to happen. Me personally, I had one, four, and five to Kai, so I had it exactly the way Mike Bell had it. Uh, we had it scored the same. But again, Saudi Amato scorecards, I did not, I had no idea who won the first round. So if you want to give the first three to Albazi, I'm cool with that. But that's the biggest issue, right? Is round four. So ultimately, do I feel like the right guy won? I don't know. I like, I really didn't know who won the first round. I gave it a Kai, but I'm not upset. I'm not calling robbery. I don't think that Albazi or I don't think Kai got robbed in this fight. But the issue just lies with Chris Lee, and Chris Lee's had a couple very weird scorecards lately, so not surprised. Well, Chris Lee and, and Sal Diamato are like dumb and dumber, right? They're <laughs> Whenever they're together, they're just dumb and dumber, right? They're just – they're the – dumb and dumber i don't know dumb dumb and dumbest i don't know what it is it's, it's, something's wrong with them right chris lee and sal diamato what is wrong with these guys these guys are always in the in the headlines you know I, what's wrong jay spec i i have a theory oh. and my and my theory is okay half a step to the side nevada my my proud state is supposed to be the fight capital of the world, the gold standard of commissions, and we lead the way in so many uh, top-level fights, world championships uh, by a mile. We have a very small group of judges. I don't know the total number, but I you know, go to a lot of fights around town. I see the same people over and over and over. We, You guys watch fights all the time. Uncle Sal is sometimes across the country, in different countries, judging fights. I mean, 
Why is it such a small pool of individuals? And then on top of that, the bigger problem within that is some of these judges are doing double duty where they're judging boxing, which has a total different criteria than MMA. And they're they're doing the same thing. And I know we've heard this argument plenty of times, but there's no way you can't tell me that you condition yourself over and over and over uh, to watch combat fights and judge a certain way. And you can just instantly interchange the rule set or the way you go you know like octagon control means nothing now in the previous era it was a thing in boxing still a thing so now you're asking these uh, be respectful older uh older judges they're older i'm gonna just say that like that they're older judges to now change the way they think from sport to sport week to week weekend to weekend that is a flaw on not enough pool of judges there's just not in a big enough pool and you're asking them to do too much and you know just like our own personal taste we get set in our ways and i think that's what happens and we these are the results we get yeah well judges are judges man and and the commissions are the ones responsible for putting these judges in those seats and i feel like the commission is a joke it's a clown show we don't know who is who we just know the names they have no accountability. This is the same thing we talk about, right? It's just the same thing we talk about all the time. And they're screwing these fighters over, especially with money. And, you know, a lot of these guys are getting paid pretty good amounts, right, to get to win. You know what I mean? Like, show, yes, win. That's why you need a flat fee, man. You, you need a flat fee. If they win or they lose, they they get the same amount of money, right? Because they're not going to fight any different. All these people talking about they're going to f- not fight any different. They're not going to fight as much. You know, come on, seriously, really? Yeah, the window yeah. of opportunity for a fighter is so small, and you're saying that they're just going to not fight enough, and they're not going to fight to win fights. You win fights, you go up the rankings, and you get paid more. Why would you not want to win? You know what I mean? Like, why would if you? If you win in spectacular, if you win in spectacular yeah. fashion, your social media blows up. Exactly. Think of Jorge like, becomes Jorge without the flying knee. Exactly. Nope. Right. It just makes no sense of like the arguments that people have. Um, yeah, man, I thought it was tied up going into the fifth round two two, And in the fifth round, you clearly see every judge gave it to Kai Carl France. So in my eyes, Kai Carl France should have won that fight. And, you know, he's coming off a title fight. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Right. Like he's coming off a title fight almost a year ago. You remember he was supposed to fight Alex Perez. Alex Perez, I believe he pulled out. And then they rebooked him for Amir Abazi in this fight. And, uh, yeah. man, I don't know where that puts him now. You know what I mean? Amir Abazi, he had never fought anybody in the top 15. Kai Carl France was his first opponent in the top 15. And he wins this by controversial decision. At the end of the day, nobody cares if you won by controversial decision, especially, you know, the, the promotion. All they care about is you won because that's what they can promote, right? So now... Where do you put Amir Abazi in the rankings? I what what was Kai in the rankings? Let me. Three, Isn't he right? three? I think he was three. Yeah, he's number three, right? Uh, Amir Abazi. It's crazy how Amir Abazi was number seven in the rankings, but he's never beaten anybody in the rankings. That division. Isn't that man? nuts? It's, it's just that division is not is not Whoa. very deep. It's it's nuts, man. It's nuts that that he was number seven. So now, if he's number seven. And he beats number three. Do you put him at number three? Do you leapfrog him over all these other people? Does that make sense to you? you know what I mean, that's usually how it goes, though, right? Yeah. Like typically, if you beat somebody much higher in the rankings, Sean O'Malley. Obviously, I know 
Albazi isn't getting the promotional push that Sean O'Malley gets. But same thing with him, right? What was he, 13th or something when he fought Yon? And yeah. they, they jumped him to one. Then and now he's two. Just, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Marab. Marab, yeah. Uh, he obviously jumps him. But they're going to jump him. I think probably not to two, but I think he's just going to take his spot at three. Yeah, it's so, weird, man. It's weird. Um, yeah, I, to me, I'm not really looking at the rankings too much. I just look at this fight. And Amir, man, if he could get you to the ground, he's a, he's a major threat, you know, and he's got a chin. You know, he took a lot of the shots that Kai Carl France threw at him, and Kai's known to knock dudes out, right? And, and he took those shots. Um, he still needs a lot of work, but uh, he showed that he belongs in the top 10, I I believe fairly right in this fight he went five rounds with the with the guy that just fought for the title against brandon moreno right it's just you got to give him the respect even though you didn't even if if you think he didn't win the fight you got to give him the respect that he still deserves still yeah good. he yep, still looks good man um yeah man so uh let's get to some of these comments uh hurt said he's going back to the read fight he says bro read one round uh two and three that's what the judges thought. He said Kai won three two all day, maybe four one. Yeah, I could argue. You could argue four one as well, right? One two, and four five. You know what I mean? That one two is the one where people are just like, which one? Who won which round? But you know, one of them won one round a piece, right? That's the toss up. Uh, the main event holds more weight, especially when it's three versus seven. Reed versus Fry isn't as important, other than they were fighting for their jobs. That's definitely important to them. That's pretty important. Yeah, there is pretty important, right? M also says the reason there is few judges is because there isn't money in it. Wrong. Well, the Nevada Commission takes 10% of the gate. Wrong. Uh, 10% of the 10%, gate? 10%. 10%. So well, like, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in the commission, boys. The, there's, there's a yeah, don't, don't, well, don't commission, but the judges, right? So, like, 10% doesn't go to the judges. It goes to the commission. Right. Yeah. And so, the judges get the trickle-down effect. So, I, I don't know what the judges make. But Man, imagine I mean, like how much they're not money getting that is. Peanuts, you know? they, they're working every weekend with the best seats in the house. I don't give – pay me $50. I'll go do it. Like, <laughs> Maybe I've been you should. my whole life. Like, I got this. Watch. Like, you Maybe you saying? should. Maybe you should just jump into it, man. You live in Vegas. How yeah. you should? It's you the should do the, is like a inside investigation on how hard is it to get into the judge's seat as somebody that wants to actually become a judge. You, I think that's a perfect, uh, like a uh, expose. What is it called? We'll do that. Ex, not even expose. It's like an undercover project <laughs> for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's harder than uh, you know. It's harder than trying to get water out of a, a balloon that's already inflated. It's, I, it is tough. Uh, there's, I don't want to go too far because I don't want to get whacked, but let's just say it still runs like old Vegas, if you know what I mean. Three letters. Wink, wink. Um, M is so. saying, how can Abazi be next in line after that? He's not next in line. That's, I'm just saying that he belongs. He's, he's, he belongs in the top 10. He's definitely not next in line. There's so many other guys. There's uh, Brandon Royval. Pantoja's about to fight. You know what I mean? You yeah. still got Figueredo in the mix. You know, like, there's so many other guys, you know, that that are just... I mean, but you never know, right? It's just all about what we've already seen. Like, if the UFC has an opportunity to put a fight together that we haven't seen yet, they're going to do it. They're not just going to keep recycling the same fight. I mean, just think about that division in general. It's been held up for so long because we saw four fights between the same two guys. Like, they're going to look yeah. for, for different fights. The other thing is, you know, it's about... And I don't want to just put it all on Dana, but we've seen it in the past where Dana's like, 
I don't think I'm cool with that decision. I don't like it. And he puts the the fighter who lost in kind of a, a favorable matchup to reclaim, you know, what he had. So that's also, I mean, I don't know what his take on this is. I didn't see any of that. Maybe he already spoke on it, but I think that Kai Carl France is going to match up in this next fight where he's just going to obliterate somebody. That's what's going to happen. Most likely he's still going to fight on a main card. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's the position he's in right now, but I think he's going to get somebody that where he's just going to, you know, knock their heads off. Right. And there's a lot of good matchups for him. Right. I think they, they should put the Alex oh, Perez, Perez fight, back. fight back on. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly on, what I was about to I mean. say. They're just going to roll with that one. That was supposed to happen anyway. Yeah. So like uh, Perez, Matt Schnell, those are some matchups. I think down they're both in the top 10 still. Right. So, you know, you, that's what you need to do. You need to put that Amir Bazi. He's going to get a, a, a tough matchup. You know I mean? There's no easy fights anymore, man. He's going to get a tough matchup. Like I think Mateus Nikolai, someone like that could be a possible matchup for him. The loser of five. the loser of the title fight. Maybe, maybe. Right. But mm-hmm. some, he's going to get somebody. He's going to get a killer. Um, Paul, Ocosta says bummed for Malarkey. We are always bummed for Malarkey, man. He's one of my faves. Uh, he was looking good until the TKL. He was looking really, really good. Um, let's get into that. Let's get into um, the Tajikistan's like their movement, right? Like Tajikistan's movement, you know, with with two of the guys debuting on the same night. You know, you got Muin Gafarov and uh, Mohammed. Naimov, Mohammed Naimov is the one that stepped in on, on like a week's notice to face, not even a week, dude, it was like five days or something like that, notice to face off against uh, Jamie Malarkey. You know Jamie Malarkey, he's down to fight anybody, uh, and that can work against you, right? But he was looking good. Mohammed, he looked like he was fading, but, you know, whenever you have that knockout power like that and you're just swinging wild, and, you know, it's weird. Like Amir Bazi was kind of doing that for a bit too. Where he was swinging wild and he was kind of catching uh, Kai, but uh, yeah, man, let's get into this uh, little footage of uh, of uh, yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like dude. The, the amount of support that these dudes was getting. Look at that. That's what what does it say? That's two a or was it three a.m. or something like? Yeah, it says three a.m. in Tajikistan right now, and their fighters don't make the walk for another two hours. So it was like by five a.m. 5 a.m., wow. right? Their fighters are fighting, right? Just wow. imagine that support and you're debuting in the UFC. That's pretty crazy, right? What do you think about that? That's beautiful, first off. I love that. I love that. That is that is a clear sign that this 30-year journey we've been on is working and people care and they respect MMA as a real global world sport. And I'm going to be honest, I don't really... I think the only other Tajikistan athletes are probably in soccer, which I don't follow respectfully. Uh, so it's it's a probably a big a big deal. Obviously, it's a big deal. They're up in the crack of dawn, ready for the action, and that is beautiful to see. Like I just said, it's awesome. Also, man, what a stole the show! I remember, you know, we were doing our watch party, and I was just. I was full-blown fanboy. I was just like, oh, like everybody was just screaming. It was a moment and uh, good. Like, hell yeah. Once going back to that point of world sport, this is, this is, I think, I think we're about there. I think we're about there where we can say mixed martial artists from any portion of our beautiful planet Earth can, can come and win a fight. Like it is, it is now there. And uh, 
man, just big, big tip of the hat to Mr. Naimov. I mean, stole the show. He got the bonus as deserved. And just like you said, John, it was going to the script. And he said, nah, not today, man. Like, and, uh, you know, good for him because he, he fought in the contender series and didn't win. Right. And then fought a couple of uh, regional stuff, you know, just staying in the game. And that's another lesson to, I'm sure, all athletes and all fighters. Be ready. Be in shape. And you never know when you're going to get to have that moment because you just went from, you know, nah, you're not sorry, not quite yet to hell yeah, buddy. You just got a performance bonus and your home country is lining up in masses to support you. So this is this is honestly what it's all about. It you know, entering this card, right? It seemed like Muin Gafarov was getting all the hype, right? He was getting all the hype. He was getting all the praise over Mohammed. Naimov and Murawin Naimov is the one who went in there and and, and starched uh, a tough, tough fighter in the Jamie Malarkey. And Muin Gafarov, he was the one that was kind of dominated in, in many ways by John Castaneda. Sicko, were you on were you on the hype train of Muin Gafarov? Like it seemed like a lot of dudes online they were loving him before the fights actually happened. I honestly wasn't like even in even in the league. Shout out J Specs League once again. Uh, I did not pick him to be honest. I went with Castaneda. Uh, I just I've seen Castaneda too many times. I just wasn't familiar enough with him, I guess. But yeah, I didn't pick him. I wasn't part of the hype train. Uh, so we'll see how he comes back from from that loss because I know, like you said, he had he had a lot of hype on him. I just I guess I wasn't as familiar with him, and I guess that benefited me. Yeah, and also um, Buin, man, Gafarov. I think I seen him fight for one championship and contender series, um, but I don't really remember much about his style, to be honest with you. But I've heard his name being thrown around for a few years now. Um, that and yesterday was like kind of like my first time watching him and remembering like what exactly uh, the style that he brings. And his style is very sloppy, man. It, it was. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, right. He has seems like he has really good cardio. Um, his striking is pretty wild, right? Grappling is good, but uh, John Castaneda, man, I think he showed more in this fight. Like, he showed a really leveled up version of himself against a dangerous guy that everybody was hyping up, you know what I mean? Um, it, uh, you know, I'm 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 interested to see what like John Castaneda can do now because he's actually a full time fighter. Like, before this fight, he actually became a full time fighter, like, he doesn't work he, he trains all the time it's crazy that we still talk about this about That's guys mental. at the highest level it's like oh he became a full-time i was just interviewing jimmy flick and he was telling me like ahead of this fight coming up he's become a full-time fighter for the first time which is wild because jimmy flick retired after his debut in the ufc and came back and uh and yeah it's just it's wild to me that fighters are are still talking about how he became full-time fighters and they hype that up on the broadcast too like Yo, yeah. you guys are the promotion that contracts these guys to fight, and you guys are hyping up that they become a full-time fighter now. It's fucking wild. But, yeah, um, like how how is the UFC roster the absolute best fighters in the world, and simultaneously one third of the group has got part-time or full-time outside jobs? Like, yeah, uh, it's not like they want to. You know, what I mean, it's like they're kind of forced to do it. Got to. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Wild. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we got Slasher saying Malarkey is done with for me. You think so? You know, you're giving up on Mark already. I mean, he was yeah, looking was, all right. He got caught, you know what I mean? And 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 the stoppage was like, I'm not 
I'm not mad. I'm not saying the stoppage was like wrong. I'm saying like Herb Dean is like, are you stopping the fight or not? Like you're just standing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah What's he yeah. doing? You know what I, mean? like, I don't know what I want to do here. At wow, any man. point, did we miss a fight somewhere down the line where like Herb Dean ate one? Because like you said, his ten he's so tentative now. Like stop it or don't. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. Uh, do you remember Paulo Herb Costa. Dean being like that before the uh Robbie Lawler fight? Yeah, it was it, that was kind of like a turning point right there. Where like, like he, he started really becoming a little mentally, unsure of himself. Yeah, mentally, he's just you know, and, and he's always like running for some reason, like he's running <laughs> way Herb more Pop. than everybody else. Shout out Den, our yeah. boy calls it the Herb Hop <laughs> every time he has to jump in on something. It is hilarious yeah. to see. Paulo Costa saying people always talk about athletes putting their country on the map, but these guys are literally putting their country on the map. I didn't even know Tajikistan existed until <laughs> yesterday. That's true, man. I bet you a lot of people didn't realize Tajikistan uh, existed until uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, man, now you got to remember them. They actually have four fighters in the UFC. I had to explain find. it during the podcast. I was like, where the hell is Tajikistan? I was like, hey, you know that part of Asia that everybody forgets is still Asia because it's like west <laughs> of the part you think is? It's over yeah. there. <laughs> There's a lot of Asian countries that people don't realize are Asian countries. That's what's Asian weird, right? But we're not getting into geography right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah, man. So Tajikistan, watch out for these guys. Watch out for Mohammed Naimov. I think he's going to drop down to, to featherweight because that, that, that's where he actually belongs. And he looked like he's going to be a terror. But you never know, man. Some of these guys come in and, and you know, get these, like, shock knockouts or, you know, finishes. And then they actually go and fight guys that are, you know, legit prepared for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't work out so well. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, let's move on to... Jim Miller, man, 23 seconds, KO. Like, I didn't even think that was going to happen, to be honest with you. I was just kind of like watching the fight through the side of my eye. And next thing you know, Jesse Butler is crumpled along the fence. And Jim Miller gets a crazy knockout, man. That was insane. Um, Sicko, what would you think of uh, Jim Miller, man? This dude never... Jim Miller was impressive that was awesome that was great to see especially from a veteran jesse butler should have never been in there like a short notice came in late i think this was like his second replacement right it was like the replacement to the replacement for jim miller jesse butler comes in he came in off of a win streak i'm not saying he's he's a bum or i don't want to put him down at all he came in off of a win streak from fury fc but before the little win streak he had in fury he had three losses in rite of passage and friction fc so to come in and face Jim Miller is like, it's a little too much, but we've seen the UFC do this. It's kind of like, hey, scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, we'll guarantee you a couple more fights, a little bit easier, right, guys that aren't this experienced. So I'm not going to say just outclass, but the level of experience. I mean, you're talking about Jim Miller here. Like, he has big, Glayson Tebow, Charles Oliveira, Tiago Alves, like, that level of experience to fight somebody who, without being on a short day's notice, probably wouldn't be in the in the promotion tough night for jesse butler like he credit to him this might have been his only chance he's 31 years old this might have been his one and only opportunity to get into the ufc but god did he pay for it and congrats to jim miller awesome to see him get a win yeah he, he paid for it man devastatingly um m was uh pointing out that butler is a featherweight facing miller who has fought at welterweight recently he should have yeah. been in there he yeah. should have been in there jim miller man he's 
He's a, to be honest with me, with you, man, Jim Miller is like, he has exceeded all expectations. And I think he has exceeded what Cowboy has done in his career. So I think he's a Hall of Famer without yeah, a he doubt. Be, he beat Cowboy most recently. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't think anybody know. like 10 years ago, if we would have said like, who's still there 10 years from now, still getting wins, nobody would have said Jim Miller. So I, I completely agree with that. I think Jim Miller, the moment he places his gloves down, and I hope it's still not for a while because he obviously still got it, the second the gloves touch the mat, somebody should come around with that golden Hall of Fame jacket. Like instant, there should be no lag, no transition between the two, you know? Uh, yeah, Jim, we love him. But, dude, you're right, Sicko. This guy paid full price plus retail to be in the league. And, unfortunately, that's what a lot of these, you know, young dudes got to do. But let's let's not take any – and this goes into, like, fans or people who don't train, people never sparred, never even been to, like, a basic class. There is real-life consequences to this, and there is very serious technique where a man who is skilled and trained just like Butler, I'm sure he's a great good fighter and can beat up a lot of people. But, I mean, Jim Miller did the old jumped in the pool and didn't get wet. I mean, he slipped, he, he – he moved just enough, just enough, just enough, and pop like, and just folded him almost uh, tank Al, uh, tank Abbott Nelmark style. I mean, knee behind the back, Gonzaga Crow Cop style. It was Fold, just like, art. Man. I mean, I I almost lost my voice screaming at that fight. I'll be honest. Let's move on. Uh, actually, before we move on to the to the next fight, you know, I wanted to get into the guy that was supposed to fight Jim Miller. Which was uh, Jared uh, Gordon, right? And, yeah. and there's a lot of controversy surrounding that as well, right? Like he shot himself in the foot, so to say, in the in the pre-fight pressers, and then uh, and then Dana White he comes out after the fights and just <clears throat> trashes trashes uh, Jared Gordon, saying that uh, you're not a fucking doctor, you know what I mean? And uh, I think they're I think they're pretty pissed off. Right. And if you look at the history of Dana White and Jared, uh, Jared Gordon, Dana is not really a big fan of. Uh, of Jared Gordon, I think it goes all the way back to the um, to the Patty Pimblett fight, man. He right here, he says a horrible game plan by Gordon. The ref let it happen and he threw the fight away. Basically, he's saying like he lost, you know, what I mean, like the fight, you know, he didn't even like praise Patty which uh, he does a lot. Okay, now let's go back to him pulling out, right? Because that's the where the controversy is. What do you think of this, Sicko? Like, he said in the pre-fight press that he had a he had a minor concussion, and then he what did he do? He cured himself. Cured himself. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, it's two things can be true. Like, one, Dana. I'm just tired of him always contradicting himself time and time again but also jared what do you come on man like we got to be smarter than that we have to be smarter like maybe maybe you did have a legit concussion you should have been pulled because if you're dumb enough to come out pre-fight and say that you had that injury but for dana to be like we've always taken guys off immediately if they ever said anything that's how i checked when connor broke his leg in half he said oh yeah i sent these x-rays to the ufc they knew that i had fractures going into this fight 
I remember them pulling that one or canceling that or rescheduling that. So we're not going to pretend like anytime anything's happened, we've always canceled a flight. That That's just not true. But in this case, like, I can't really put too much blame on the organization. Like, if you're any fighter out there, you can't – one, safety first. Think about your safety. But if you're going to withhold something to the UFC – don't come out pre-fight and then be like, oh, by the way, I had it. But we've seen it time and time again, right? That's not new. If, if Gordon fought and he had a concussion beforehand, that he joins the list of thousands of fighters that have said they fought right after having a concussion or they fought with a broken hand or they fought with messed up shoulders, TJ Dillashaw. Like, it just joins a long list of things. I think Dana was just more pissed off of like, hey, keep it to yourself. Like, if you already got to this point, don't screw it up for us now. I think he was just upset that he actually said that well why he's he's always talking about fighter safety he's like he even said it during the the interview like fighter safety is the most important thing and blah, blah. if the fire safety is the most important thing then why was he even booked for the fight shouldn't the doctors be in charge shouldn't there be pre-fight medicals going on to make sure the guy is not suffering from anything and uh and then he's he's fully healthy to to take the fight that's, and, that's know, a good question right like do they even check to see if a fighter's had concussions beforehand? Because if yeah, they, did, they could have had like, it during good. camp, right? If they check and he's good, then anything he says is not important at that point. Exactly right, because because a lot of fighters say things that are complete false, completely false, and just to hype fights and just hype the and hype just create narratives. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the time, so it's uh, you know, it's, you could take it and you know this this tweet right here. You know, uh, you had Mookie Alexander. He says. You know, has Nevada stopped releasing medical suspensions because it seems like they actually have? I see nothing from any UFC Vegas shows, pay per views, or Apex this year. And then uh, Nolan King, my guy, he says, Yes, we all have access to now is to see the status of licenses suspended or not suspended. We can't see durations or reasons for suspensions. What? This just goes back to the commissions, man. Like these commissions, what are they doing? Like what kind of incompetence is going on over there? They don't care about the fighters, man. That's that's to me, that's what it is. They don't care. They're just they're just taking it like it's nothing. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. There's nobody really ruling over us. Yeah. So we can't we can do whatever we want. As long as they cover their own ass like legally, then anything else is like, eh, it'll be all right. That information should be available to the promotion. It should be available to the managers. It should be available to the fighters, right? From what I saw in another tweet from a manager, one a manager that manages a lot of UFC fighters, he said that uh, that uh, the 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 organization, the promotion, tells them how long they've been suspended, not the actual commission, which is weird, right? Like, why would the promotion tell you how long you've been suspended for? That's weird. Why would? Yeah, it's weird. Like, isn't there paperwork that needs to be done after the fight with the commission to make sure everything's, you know, you cross your T's and dot your I's and all that stuff and make sure you get yeah, paid? Yeah, that wouldn't and... make any sense. Exactly. I haven't right? read it recently, but I used to, yeah, I mean, I don't know when this change happened because I used to read the medical suspensions all the time. It was very clear and for how long. The only way you could circumvent it is to go through, you know, medical process and test, you know, pass the test and shorten your suspension, but... That is really, really weird. Take a half step back to Dana. Dana always says his number one thing is fighter safety because that's what he's supposed to say. Dana White is a fight promoter. His number one obligation is not fighter safety. His number one obligation 
is selling fights and keeping the circus going, minimizing the amount of fights that get canceled per card because some always fall off. Not always, but 90% of the time, at least one or two fights get uh, dismissed. So that's his job. His job is to keep keep the circus moving forward, not fighter safety. If you think you think uh, Dana White's, you know, keeping tabs on total knockout sustained in a calendar year, he's uh, he's not. No, and you and you're completely right. Like just to continue on that point, Rob. Like Dana's not pissed off because Gordon was putting himself at greater risk. Dana's pissed off because Gordon now forced them to have to do something that they didn't want to have to do, which is replace him. That's what he's pissed off about. You've messed up the promotion. We have to do extra work now. That's why I'm pissed off. Not you, put, you yep. could have put yourself at greater risk. Oh my God, how dare you do this to yourself? Like, no. You made the brand look bad exactly. for just that's, a moment. And that's that what is he cares a about more so. Big no no for Uncle Dana. Big no no. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, here's the tweet right here, right? So Nolan King says he's, you know, I read the tweet earlier about how, you know, do you, you don't have access to that information. And then Daniel Rubenstein says, yeah, neither can we. We just get told by the promotion promoter what suspensions the fighters have and what is needed for it to be cleared. I've lobbied for a limited login to the ABC database to check my fire suspensions and licenses and was denied. That is very fishy, man. Very um, and it's not just the UFC. That's the whole commission, like for every promotion. That could be Bellator. That could be for uh, PFL, right? It could be any – it could be regional promotions. So the commission, these guys, man, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. They're collecting checks, cashing them, and 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 gambling them away at the, the craps table. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I mean, think about how many fighters have, have came out and talked about fighting while injured. Even just recently, from Francis Ngannou during Cyril Gan, TJ Dillashaw, like, so what is the protocols? Like, what are you checking? Is it just don't ask, don't tell? Like, as long as you don't tell us about your injuries going in, we're not gonna check. Like, what it? What are we really looking at? If we're gonna be this hard on fighter safety, Dana, if you, if fighter safety is your number one thing, and this is how passionate you are about it, like, work with these commissions to get better. To say, hey, Francis fighting on one leg, TJ fighting with one shoulder. Gordon possibly have gotten in there with a concussion beforehand. Like, eliminate that. Well, you know, I'm not trying to defend Uncle Dana, but, you know, these fighters have a lot riding on the line. We were just talking, a lot, uh, you know, earlier. And these fighters that we just mentioned, they're getting paid a lot to fight. So you think they're not going to show up for six figures or more? They are. And they don't care if one arm doesn't work. These guys are fighters. Like John has talked about plenty of times. He's been with them, training with them. Like, they are the different warriors they're warriors they're different than us they don't handle pain and stuff differently so uh man it, it is messed up and i want to just throw this out there the commissions and it seems like i hate to bring it up usada these are just like whenever things are inconvenient for the ufc or don't really go their way you have two perfect interchangeable pieces blame these fools or blame these fools look at them it's not ever the ufc I mean, when is it ever the UFC's fault? He only the only time Dana White and the UFC takes blame for something is poor scheduling. That's it. So. Yeah. Well, you so know, this was um, the UFC, though, right? Mm -hmm. The UFC is the one who pulled Gordon, not the I have no itself. idea. Because in no the idea. in the post fight press conference, Dana kept saying we. He was like, "Yeah, we pulled him. Like we we replaced him. Whatever we pulled him from the card." But I'm like, "We the UFC, or we the commission?" Because now, why is the UFC stepping in 
to do something that the commission should have done if that was the case i don't know if he's saying we but it was really the commission and again like you said it's just perfect little pieces to put the blame on right because the ufc has nothing to do with anything until they're upset enough about it when it comes to connor and will he fight will it won't he fight and win and the testing pool it's like hey we don't know anything that's all on you yeah, and connor we don't know a damn thing about that that's not our job when mm -hmm. it comes to gordon it's like no no we pulled him because he did this and we care about fighter safety more than anything i can go it's on funny now. it's funny when like you remember when the whole situation where the commission said that they're going to uh fine fighters for 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 competing injured right yeah. and then yeah. we've had many fighters come out since then saying that they're injured i think in going into a fight and after a fight, immediately after the fight, right? And what about yeah. uh, that one situation? I think it's when um, Sam Hughes, when she won, and she admitted that her boyfriend bet all this money on her, right? Mm -hmm. And that, we haven't heard nothing about that, right? That kind of gets swept under the rug as well. And that's a policy that the UFC put in, right? So the UFC, they probably, I guess there's nothing wrong with that now. You know what I mean? And what's what's going on with James Krause, right? Like, I guess a federal investigation, you know, those investigations take a long time. So I guess he's sitting yeah. in federal investigation, but still like there's no updates on that. There's nobody in the, the journalism world that has any kind of insider information about what's going on with that. Like, it's just very, very, I don't know. It's very, very weird. Right. And maybe it's Is because it's inconvenient for them to, to deal with it. But um, I think if, if James Krause is done wrong, you know, he's going to come out. And, and go, you know, scorched he'll, earth. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll turn he'll turn as fast as anyone has ever turned. You'll, exactly. You have a laundry list of who did what and how much quickly. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and you know he he'll he can implicate a lot. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know M is saying that uh, the commissions only care about making money for themselves. That's what it seems like nowadays, right? And. And he, and uh, where is it? Well, Rider three thousand one. I'm raging at the Ultimate Fixing Championships, man. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on too. It's like, you know, the you know the gambling is a big aspect of of fighting, especially the UFC, because UFC is consistent, right? They have a show every weekend, so there's money being made every weekend on the books, on the sports books, right? And and people are starting to point to that, right? And that's not a good thing when people are speculating on the judges and, and 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 intertwining gambling into the mix and you know i think in the nba recently there had been like some kind of issues with the referee where they had some video on sickle was there a video of like a referee when a player missed a shot and the referee was mad like on the court like they had the video of him like there's there's off. a lot of stuff for refs that weren't supposed to have there's one ref that had like a, a twitter account that he accidentally yeah. missed his burner and they found out that it was his burner. Uh, yeah, there's been, I mean, basketball's been like that for a long time. Everybody remembers mm -hmm. the Lakers King series. And now it's bleeding all into that. MMA. It's gotten to the, that. Follow the money, man. You follow the money, yeah. you'll, you'll follow corruption. It's really not that hard. Like the more money a promotion organization anything's making, there's, you got to start focusing a lot more on the corruption that's going to come and follow it as well. All right. Um, I got a couple more topics, you know, outside the event. That I want to get into, but before we get into those, um, any performances that stuck out to you, J Spec, that you want to kind of, you know, talk about before we move on? Some someone near and dear to my heart, Felipe Linz, getting that dub for opening the opening the show. Uh, you know, 
I like that guy a lot. I uh, consider him a really good human being. So it was happy. I was really personally happy. That was like my my heart was invested in the fight uh, for that one. So I'm glad it, the outcome was what it was. And uh, I guess another fight that no one's really talking about because I guess it went the way it was expected. But I was still sad to see. As a longtime fan of Andre Arlovsky, kind of sucks to see him lose. But those are those are me being a fan. Just thinking back on those fights, those fights were, uh, you know, on my mind. But other other than that, I was totally entertained. Uh, but let's not miss the the women, right? Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Silva Sosa. Yes, thank you, thank you, Sickle, for the sister. Um, gross and amazing at the same time. So these kind of cards, we say, Sickle, we we you know we watch all these fights together, almost all of them together. And dude, like these fight cards, I. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm only going to watch the last three or four. And then you miss some leg snapping action, some brutal knockouts, some crazy upsets. Yeah. Enjoy the fights, everybody. They're on your TV. You don't have to wait one month or two months or three months in between like we used to have to do in the old school, right, John? So yeah. uh, enjoy them. Enjoy them every week that you have them. That's, I guess, my message. All right. Hype MMA says Kareem Silva looked great. So young, like you, uh, you mentioned earlier. Sicko, anybody? That you want to get some shine too. That was the fight. That was the fight that I was going to talk about with Silva. And so it was another situation very similar to Jesse Butler. Sosa probably shouldn't have been in there. Late replacement fight. Doesn't have a very decorative background. She goes in there against somebody who looks like a destroyer in Silva. Everyone just kept talking about her finish ability or finish ability. And that is not a way to get finished. Leg lockers are scary. That one looked disgusting. I Again, you take the short notice fight. You know they're going to help you out. They're going to offer you some fights later on. If you take the short notice one, that's your opportunity to get into the UFC where you may not have been able to if you didn't take the short notice. But now how long are you out? I also want to credit Silva. Like I'm just interpreting what I saw based on just what I was watching. She was like emotionally disturbed after the fight. Like She looked like she felt very guilty about the outcome of that uh, knee bar. So. She would have let go without her tapping. Like right. she said after the fight, I let go because I heard and felt the pop and I let go. Like even if Sosa didn't even tap, she would have let go over. Like she knew immediately, like, oh man, this girl's leg is destroyed. I mean, that was bad. That was a bad one. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, actually earlier in the card, there was a guy chasing leg locks and he got knocked out doing yeah. the exact same thing so you know what i mean like lacerda and uh, black i believe exactly lacerda was the one who was chasing a leg lock and got beat up he it was like smashed. have you ever seen that uh it wasn't like a meme it was a picture of like the snake around the uh the saw and it was like your own stubbornness where the snake's like hurting itself mm. but it keeps squeezing because it's in pain so it wants to fight back and it keeps squeezing the saw that was Lacerda. Mm. He was the snake. <laughs> and uh, Blackshear was the saw in this situation. Like, give up on the leg lock, please. If it doesn't work, give up on it. How do you just take that many punches to the face and you're just like, nope. Like, you could keep punching me in the face. I'm going to get this leg lock eventually. Yeah, man. He was going after it. Uh, Silva, you know, I mean, she could do that. But, you know, it only works. The, the percentages is very low, man. Nowadays, you see. That's why we've never seen a leg lock guy win titles and defend titles and stuff like that is just because it's just too risky, man. You got to know when to let go and, and reposition yourself. But uh, Kareem Silva, man, she like pulled guard basically. And, and it was in that position immediately. And then 
she got the tap right so yeah she was in a it was a half guard situation right she just sat back i mean yeah, that's what she, that's what they always say in jiu-jitsu right why pass guard when you could jump to a leg lock so yeah well you know what i mean it could work this time but it might not work next yeah. time we'll see yeah. um let's uh let's talk about some some big news from the last uh last week or so is it's tough 31 you guys you guys watched the first episode. I just wanted to get you guys' reactions. We'll start with you, J-Spec, on, on the first show, uh, on the first episode of the show, Top 31. What would you think of it? Finally, I'm back to watching the Tough uh, series again. It's It's been about five years since I've given a shit about that series, I'll be honest. It, it lost all momentum, all importance to me. But now, and it's not just Connor. Let me say Connor is the 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 you know the initial catalyst of it but the the concept of pros ver, you know versus prospects or veterans versus prospects excuse me I think that's a good format um and of course we talked about this previously but I'll say it again we have the heel and we have the face we have the black hat and the white hat and this is a good construction for the show also the pacing of the show uh feels better to me than years past i don't know if it's just one episode i don't go too far with it but it, it wasn't so much on like let me talk about all the drama in my life and how i got here and all the, that stuff it was just kind of more concise and of course the fight itself you know roosevelt roberts just boom game over like real quick so uh, I'm I'm in. I'm in for the rest of the season. The only complaint I have is that, you know, we get strung along week after week, and now, you know, now I'm on that cycle, and I, I'm going to ride it till the end. So I'm very pleased with the product. I had high hopes for it, and in my opinion, it's delivered. So sign me up for tough, at least for this season. There you go. Um, Sicko, what would you think? Yeah, in the words of Connor, sign me up for sure. I was excited for it when, you know, the, it got announced. Like, I Rob knows as soon as if Connor's on a microphone, if Connor's mic'd up, I need to see it injected into my veins. I have to see Connor just verbally destroy whoever it is. In this case, it's going to be Michael Chandler. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot more of it, even just a trailer of it when it came out, when he's talking to Michael Chandler and he's like, yeah, you'll do as you're told. I'm just like another perfect classic line there. Which, which is unfair to Mike, but I think they're giving Mike a fair chance by letting him do so much outside promotion because I guess there's an unedited version of that clip where Mike had a comeback to that comeback. But they, but the producers, it's you got to remember, yeah, the producers are going to edit this show to to make it go one way, right? There's an A side and a B side to this. so just And also the it. format, like you said, perfect format, right? Because these guys that are coming into tough or coming into the contender series, a lot of times they come in and they get those guys to, anyway, right? To first fight in the UFC, a lot of times is those veteran dudes. They either have to come in and step in on short notice, Jim Miller, Butler, as we talked about, or it's just guys who are kind of slipping a little bit, but they're older, they're veterans, they've been there a long time. So here comes this young guy that we're not sure of. So let's see where you're at in this case. So we're already seeing it before they even get to the UFC. We're being able to see it in tough. And yeah, Robert's like experience, man. Experience matters a lot. I like the format that they have right now with uh, with the veterans and, and prospects. And I think that that's what they should do moving forward. Um, to be honest with you, I, I think that you should fight to get into the house, though. I think veterans should fight other veterans, not like on the first day, but like ahead of time before they start filming the show. They have them fight. And then now you got all that content 
that you could play on the first episode to show how they ended up in the spot. And then you push these guys to fight each other, right? The prospects and the veterans. Um, to be honest with you, I like this, this format, but I just don't like that. They're just using the same kind of like style of editing yeah. for every episode. It just, it's, it's not something that, you know, I enjoy anymore. You know I mean, it was cool for the first 15 years. Right. But now it's like, Okay, let's try something different. I wish they would like kind of have the veterans sh like go over like their experiences in the octagon and like what kind of struggles that they went through during their time in the UFC and, you know, and, 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 and kind of give that perspective. And then you get the prospects perspective that has never been in the UFC that had to rise up the ranks wherever they were and give their story and then how they're going to meet. Right. And, and, you know, like, I think that's important to give two sides. I would like to see that you know, more. The fight is the fight, right? That's what we're looking for anyway. So they're going to fight. Um, and, and it's great to see that the veterans get another opportunity and the prospect. It's not even, they're not even prospects. It's like, they're, I, I call it, they're like unsigned hype, right? Basically. And so you, you decide who's unsigned hype. That's actually a prospect. And the only way to become a prospect is to go in there and beat somebody that is a veteran. Right. And then you become a prospect. Right. The word prospect gets thrown around all the time. Right. When you're not really a prospect, you are a prospect. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're just young and you have a good record or a decent record. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 I enjoy this and I wish they would go with this format every year and, and kind of tweak the editing style of it. Um, and, you know, and uh, and having one coach work with the prospects and one coach work with the veterans. I think that's a brilliant idea. I don't think you should mix it up. You know what I mean? But uh, I have a feeling, man, that the veterans are going to dominate this season. I just, this is my feeling. You would assume, right? Just the experience yeah. factor of it. Like these guys have seen, I mean, Roberts has fought some of the best, you know. Yeah. I believe he has a loss to Jim Miller, right? But anyway, yeah, like these guys, you would assume that the experience is, is going to take over. But we'll see. We're all, it seems like we're all ready to watch episode two. So they're doing something right. To, yeah, to your I'm, point, John, like I, that's something I didn't consider till I talked to somebody else about it. Um, you know, not as hardcore as us. They're like, man, I was sitting through that whole episode and I was waiting for the fight. I wanted to see the fight and the fight just ended in eight seconds or however long it was. And he's like, that was it. Like, and I was like, oh, I didn't really. So when you're talking about having more fight footage along the way, that makes so much sense because, yeah, for like, I hate to say it, perimeter fans. I don't like the word casual for perimeter fans, not in the hardcore. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they're, they're like, uh, that sucked, you know. So I got you. Yeah, it's you need to have more fight footage. Like, you need to show, like, okay, this guy got on the show, at least for the first couple episodes. Like, initially, how did they end up in this position? Right? How did mm -hmm. they end up in this position? Like, they fought this other veteran, you know, and, and that's how they got here. You know, they're, this yeah. is their path. But, uh, yeah, you go from that, you know, from nothing to that. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird. And uh, they need to show more of, like, the interactions in the house. They have to show that more. They have to show more of the conflicts in the house, like people, you know, causing problems. Because I heard that they cut all of that stuff out. I'm like, why? You're you're making a reality TV show. They, they were getting a lot of, like, negative, like, pushback before. Because before it was they were supplying them with so much alcohol, like they were pushing 
for you to do. Well, now they can supply the more weed too because it's legal. Yeah, Vegas, yeah. Right? <laughs> but that's what they were doing before. Like they were really pushing hard. Like they were trying yeah. to get them drunk. Like we want to see you guys at your worst. When we want to see you guys blow up. Like we want that drama. Yeah. But it's like, all right, a lot of people don't like it, especially like real hardcore fight fans. Like they're not really for it. So I think that's what they're trying to tailor it to is like we really want to tailor it to guys who are a lot more hardcore fight fans than people who really love reality TV because maybe we're not getting the reality TV viewers to view our show. That would be my only assumption because it does make for great TV. Like if it is still a reality TV show at the end of the day. You would assume it is that and you, you want do... ratings at the end of the day. You don't you don't care about nothing else except for the ratings. Right? Yeah. And... Even if people hated the old like all the tough moments that you remember come from that type of nonsense you know yeah like what's one let of the me best bang bro <laughs> like, yeah what's the best like, that season had some crazy moments and like the fighters that came out of that season yeah. were uh you know were like just just memorable figures and then like the the rampage rashad season that was yeah, one of the best the door seasons down. of all time yeah dude. man just insane like faces the, the real you want nothing animosity. to do with gents pulver come over here exactly yeah it's just it's you want those moments right that's what reality tv is about and that's what you're tuning in for another thing that i noticed about this is i i know kind of like why connor is doing this of course he wants to be on tv but man he wants to promote the shit out of his brands and Mm -hmm. that's all over the place and you know it's not it's not you can't miss it right and and you know like a lot of people talking about like why is Connor over here doing this and over here because he's 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 a promoter himself dude he's promoting proper twelve and and his his uh, what is it his pub and all the other business ventures Title, that he's got all that stuff he's a he's a businessman right I want to ask you fellas man, a question man you guys take anything away from Connor not being there for first fight weigh-ins does that like because he's do busy something? doing it's business, busy, man. <laughs> that's a busy man, bro. Like that's the whole that's the whole reason why I'm still not sold a, a fight between the two of them. Like I, I'm not that sure that they're actually going to fight at the end of this. Like Connor's just so busy, dude. He's got so much stuff going on. Busy. The businesses that he has, like he's a business man. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Exactly that's right. Connor. Like. Just, that's who he is now. That's you know, it's, he still wants to fight. I'm pretty sure deep down inside he still wants to, he wants to fight. <laughs> but the dedication that is necessary, and I'm pretty sure he could get dedicated. But the dedication that's necessary for him to fight at the highest level is he doesn't have the time for that. Especially he has to step away. Chandler. Yeah, you know, he, Michael Chandler is going crazy. It could be for against Jim Miller. It doesn't matter, right? It could be against Jim Miller. Like he needs to dedicate himself like months and to step away from Not the business the side. Camp. Yeah, step away from the business side and everything that he's doing that's making him multi, multi million dollars a year and even more beyond that. It's and even outside of like business, he enjoys his wealth. Like he enjoys himself. It's not like he's business and then all right, train. He's business business and pleasure. He's business pleasure. Mm -hmm. When I need to train, I'll train. Like that is you can't you can't sustain. Yeah, and you guys, you guys level. in the chat say, like, what do you think? You think Connor's going to come back? Because look at Dana White. He kind of gave us a clue right here about Connor. He says, these guys got a shitload of money, and it's hard to reel these guys back in and get them fired up to get in and fight. That is not good. 
that is not a good sign for this fight against Chandler, right? Chandler's he's ready to fight anybody, right? So it doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's it does matter if it's Connor, but I'm saying that's the number one on his list. But if yeah. he can't fight Connor, I'm guaranteed he's gonna fight somebody else. But will he will he still sit there and wait for Connor? Like, because I don't think this fight's gonna happen this year. Guaranteed. If he gets pay per view points, if Chandler gets pay per view points to fight Connor, hell yeah, he'll wait. He will do whatever it takes to fight Connor if he's getting pay-per-view points. If he's not, then it doesn't really matter, right? But it seems like it matters. It seems like fighting Connor is going to be a huge yeah. pay bump for him, which is why he's so excited about this fight. For sure. Uh, and and I, Con- like you said on the show, Connor said, you know, you'll do what you're told. Because why? The pay bump. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, once again, Connor's the A-side. But I have hope. I have hope in connor's ego and like all great fighters that ego draws them back into the fray it's usually for a little too long we've seen it in the great muhammad ali where he his people around him his own ego his own celebrity kept bringing him back towards the end of his career when he probably shouldn't be fighting i think connor is no longer world title caliber that's over my personal opinion that doesn't mean he sells out every arena in the land but I think his ego at some point, because his last time out, we know what happened. He's a broken man. And I think that ego will get to him at some point and he will re-enter the octagon. Now, like you said, John and Sigo, like when, I, I don't know, but his, the ego and the gravity of that will suck him back into the fight. Let's get some of these comments. Hype saying, not the biggest fan of the modern tough format, unfortunately. Yeah, if you watched a few of these format, a few of these ultimate fighters, you kind of get uh, get tired of it. He also says, "Could we go over Road to UFC?" Well, you know, you know, Road to UFC. It's Road to UFC, man. Nobody cares about it really. I watched all the fights, both fight, both days. I watched all the fights. There's some good prospects there, but uh, yeah, man, it's just it seems like the UFC doesn't even care about it too much. You know what I mean? Um, M says, "I don't know." about the format but there are some interesting fighters on the show like vera mckenzie valiev knight and rob yeah there's definitely those guys hype saying brad katona and valiev have no business being on the show yeah because they deserve to be in the ufc right now a lot of those guys deserve to be in the ufc and mm-hmm. saying no way connor is coming back he is retired and i believe it um hype is saying are they going to push the finale date back i don't get it no they would never they, mm-hmm. they're gonna have the show it doesn't really matter if the finale happens right because the fight is never guaranteed no matter who it is it could be mighty mice john mighty miles versus you know uh i don't know whoever but it just it doesn't matter like the finale is gonna happen they MC broke away from the- oh sorry i was gonna say they broke away from that mandatory coaching coaches fighting each other format to me which is a staple and the backbone of the show they broke away from that format so long ago that they're just was That's the last two the last two were like that though, right? Because it was Ortega Volk and Ortega Volk. Nunez and uh Pena. Just yeah. remember, just remember well, the last two Connor, the last time he was on tough, he didn't even fight because he was coaching against URI Favor. URI Favor, yeah. Yeah, so it just it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean they just want him to be on the show. And that's what they wanted, and that's what they got, right? I mean, they need him. Um, they need him like yeah. the last couple I I watched sparingly. I don't know many people who saw every episode of the last few, to be honest. Like, they needed someone to pump some life back into the show. Why not be the biggest star you have? 
like John Jones will be the next season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, yes, and it seems like Carter will like, be the one after. Carter goes in there and he trains team. with the boys, right? Have you noticed that he's? It seems like he's just trying to. He's beating them up. You know what I mean? Like it's like he's just. Using Let me see if I still like, got it. <laughs> yeah, like he's just testing himself against these guys. And it's yeah. kind of wild, man. Right? Because first day, all right, we're gonna do some hard sparring. Let's go. Get your Are these guys bantamweights? Are they featherweights? Mm, I forgot the weight class. That is oh, 35, 35, yeah, 30. Was it 35 and 55? It was something like that. Jeez, is I can't that what remember. It is? Okay, I forget. But uh, Paulo Costa coked up Connor will be a different animal. No one at welterweight is safe. <laughs> yes, a lot of people love coked up Connor, and especially and, if yeah, you can go in there on doesn't. the juice, right? As long as you saw the plays ball. Connor. And to, to Rob's point much earlier in the show, if Connor doesn't fight, if something happens, that's the play. USADA didn't let him, you know, USADA mm-hmm. this, USADA that. We didn't really have a, we couldn't do anything from our end. It's all USADA and Connor stuff. Like, that's the way it goes. Well, the thing is, the U- the UFC still has Connor for like a few more fights, right? Because he signed that eight fight deal a while back. So they're in a good position, right? If he does come back, they're going to make the money off of it. And that's what it's all about for the US. I just don't know what the play is for Connor. Like, the money, he's obviously, it's not chump change. For anyone saying, like, Connor has made so much money, he doesn't need money from the UFC. That's, he's not making 800000 Like, that's still big, big money he's getting from the UFC. Yeah. So for that, more money than anybody. Right. So he's still going to, like, there's still a lot of money to be made in the UFC. I just don't know. I can't see any long play for Connor because even if you say he wants to keep fighting until his contract's over so he could do another boxing match with somebody, you just you don't have enough. I think he could do a boxing match while under contract with the UFC. Like he's done it before. Why would he not do it again? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say like the last comments that Dana made, but Dana's comments don't mean anything. Yeah, like it's whatever it's whatever's convenient for him at the moment. When Connor fights, right, he already draws a massive, massive audience, right? And number two, he gets to promote all of his brands. That's huge for him because that's just he gets the audience right in front of the brands that sometimes the audience don't get to see, right? That that maybe follows the UFC but doesn't follow Connor, right? They, he gets his brand. I think that's what's important for him as well because he's a businessman, right? Like he's he wants to promote and he's probably getting paid a substantial amount from these companies to promote right and mm-hmm. get 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 them in the rooms that they probably wouldn't be able to get into right through fighting so we'll see man we'll see if it, it all happens one last topic man i wanted to get into before we go out is uh the topic of dana white pushing for a fight <laughs> bye <laughs> a here, fight. he's pushing for a fight between tyson fury and uh and John Jones, right? And uh, not too long ago, he was talking about, right? I got Sicko, you. Hold he was on. I got about, you. Uh, I got you. Loaded up. John Jones, or he was talking about what was it like? Hold boxing, on. I got this perfect boxers for you. Here you go. and MMA fighters shouldn't fight. Yeah. MMA guys versus boxers doesn't make any sense to me. MMA guys versus boxers. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. MMA yes, guys yeah. and boxers just doesn't make any sense to me. Connor and Floyd was just the perfect thing, and I didn't even want to do it, and I don't even know if I would do it again. It's just the perfect storm. We had to do it. And then now he's like, all right, let's get here. Let's try to get Tyson in here. I mean, yeah. it doesn't even make sense to me. It's not It's not a possibility. I don't care what anybody says. It's not happening. 
Tyson Fury's never gonna go and fight in MMA unless you can 100% without a doubt pay him three, four times the amount he would get for fighting Usyk. And according to the UFC, they don't have that money. That's the whole point, right? Of why we can't pay fighters more. People think that we're making more money than we're making. We can't pay these fighters that much. You know what would happen to the roster of the UFC if Tyson Fury comes in, never fights in MMA before, comes in and gets paid $100 million from the UFC? You know what that does to everybody else on the car, everybody else on the roster? That That's just, I don't even know what he's getting at, to be honest. Like, I don't even well, know why he's saying this. Well, start if, if they're making three, four hundred million, of course they could pay him a hundred million. You know what I mean? Like Dana knows like there's going to be a certain amount of money that they can make with this fight to where, yes, we could pay him a hundred million and still be lovely, still make crazy revenue, still make crazy cash. Just like, I mean, you would make assume the it board members happy, pay-per-view buys, right? For sure. And, and to be honest with you, if he can make the fight, make the fight, make the fight. Dude, if you can make it, make the I, fight. I guarantee you he hasn't even had a conversation with anybody to even be saying this. You know what? I might be able to um this week, right? Like tomorrow I'm heading to Bangkok, right? And uh and I might I might get an interview with Tyson Fury. Oh nice. Like I'm working on that with my boy Nick over SDMP. He has the connection. We might be able to sit down with Tyson Fury. So all of this stuff would be awesome. If if I get to interview him some way, maybe I will just be behind the camera. I don't really care, you know what I mean. But if Nick is interviewing him, like I will give Nick the questions, you know, like some of my questions to ask Tyson Fury if we get a chance to sit down with Tyson Fury because that's like the biggest interview I would ever do. That's a massive interview, dude. That's that's massive. That's massive. At the same time, like what the. what the fuck? Like, first off, Dana goes on and on about being a boxing fan at heart, blah, 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 right? We know that. We know you love boxing, bro. You watch boxing right during the middle of your own event. We know you love boxing. So what sells boxing? Knockouts. You had a heavyweight who knocks people out uh, called Francis. Everybody on planet Earth wanted and still to a degree wants to see Tyson Fury and Francis. You squander that opportunity Totally just squander it, and then you're going to try to talk shit and bait Fury into the octagon? Bro guy, you could have easily had your hands in both the pockets carrying duffel bags of cash if you would have just let the natural order of what the fight fans want, which was knockout artist versus the heavyweight champion. Let that happen. You don't even care about Francis that much. Why do you even care if he went into the, to the boxing ring and got slept? If Dude, he did, and think about how perfect that would have been, though. Like, let's say the UFC re-signs Francis. They keep him. They allow him to go into a boxing match, right? Even if he goes out there, John comes back at the same time. You would have had Francis versus Fury, which only brings more eyeballs to your company. Even if, even if Francis goes and gets sparked, which we can assume probably, like, his chances against the yeah. best fighter like it's probably not going to be good that format, but yeah. even if he gets sparked that's still just going to bring eyeballs for him to come back and fight john jones it just doesn't make any sense to me like i don't uh, yeah this it, to me is just a it's just a dig he just wants to take a little poke and a little dig at francis that's all this is the i don't know and i haven't seen it's not like i haven't seen francis say anything personally bad about you know dana white for dana white to be not this, beforehand i not beforehand but like yeah. To be this bitter, to be this sour, to be this, I'll say it, fucking petty. Like, 
dude, what are you doing? You're you're killing. And I don't know how much credibility he had with the public in general, but like you're just looking like a burnt ex, and that's all I gotta say about it. I mean, taking shots at the PFL too, like talking about their business and how he knows that they don't have money coming from Saudi, and he knows what they're not making, and he like. I'm like, bro, come on, man. Like, he went his separate ways. Even Francis said it himself in uh, Rob's favorite person in the world, Ariel Hawani. Uh, even in uh, even in the interview that he had with Francis, Francis said it himself. His exact words were, they did a lot for me in my career. I'll forever be grateful. I, I don't understand where this is coming from. All I wanted to do was fulfill my contract. I did it. I did it off of one leg so I could become a free agent. I don't know why they hate me. It's kind of sad to see, to be honest. Business is ruthless, man. And... That's why Dana White's in the position he's in, because he's been ruthless throughout his whole career. He's as a, a businessman. Business, man. He really exactly, is. man. And you know, like him or hate him, he's successful. And his practices, you know, like you know what they say about like successful business people, they're heartless. Like they will go after anything. They're not gonna listen to anybody. Like that's what Dana White is. And he's 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 a walking contradiction. But who isn't though? You know but I, mean? I just don't understand how he's so comfortable with contradicting himself. Like he for it's like he just completely forgets because he knows even, most people are not exact, very smart. His exact words were, "This is exactly what's wrong with boxing. It's nothing but gimmick yeah. fights, and this is why boxing's dying." Well, he exact said that, words. and then the next week, he he put together Tyson the Fury BMF title fight. BMF title fight, Which and he's trying to get Fury fight. over to fight. Yeah, now yeah, he's trying to get Fury to come up. Which I'm like, gimmick fights is what you didn't you have James yeah. Tony fight? Didn't you have CM Punk fight? Like gimmick fights are what you guys are into as well. What do you you offered Jake Paul to come into the UFC? You're into gimmick fights. Exactly. Well, did you create? Did you create the slap league? Defending like gimmicky yeah. stuff. Defending promoters just for half a second. That's their job first and foremost. Second, uh, think about it. Think about it almost like I'm metaphorically. Right, the Dana White has been with the UFC for a long time. He's he's grown the the, the fruit tree. Right, you got to wait those years and years before the tree can bear fruit. At certain point, you pick all the damn fruit and you get everything you've worked for for all this time before. And I think Dana White is at that stage of his career now. Oops, sorry about that. Um, he's at that stage of his career where. He put in all the work. He's built the foundation. He's put all the credibility and all the stuff. And now it's pull the fruit from the tree and grab those money bags off that tree. That's the way I think about it now. I just don't like him attacking certain people. Like, I, I get it. Even if you're being con- like, even if you're just constantly contradicting yourself, that's fine. Like, there's no need to attack the PFL. There's no need to attack Francis on a personal level saying that he doesn't like to take risk. The guy that has the background Francis has, where he came from, what he had to do to even be in this position – Fighting throw going on one leg, but yeah, he just doesn't like to take risks. Nothing has life. changed though. He man. likes to play his yeah. life safely. Remember you when know. you remember, I don't know if like a lot of people that watch this sport remember when Dana White used to do the scrums, and that's where he would really go off. Like this is just him doing yeah, yeah. him. He's just doing it at the post fight. But he used to do those scrums, right? Where everybody yeah. would just like surround him and then they would just be throwing shit he at him and he would just go shit. off, right? Yeah. And then they told him, like, stop doing those because you just go too stuff. crazy, right? Uh-huh. But he but it's nothing has changed, man. And I, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if if I was in his position and I was solely dedicated to grow the UFC that I wouldn't be doing the same exact things. Like I don't know if I would. You know, what I mean, I don't know if I wouldn't be doing the same exact things as he is. You know, what I mean, I, I could criticize him and I don't agree with it, but I could understand the method of what he's doing. You know, what I mean, and and trying to and maybe he thinks in his mind it's chess. I mean, it's what got him checkers. here. 
That's exactly. what got him here. Like being that type of just brute force in the industry is what got but, him here. But you know, it's better it's to be feared than loved, right? That's what that's what his, people say. His own line: "I've been in the tough guy business for a long time." He didn't say I've been in sport promotion. I'm not uh, taking care of fighters and fighter safety. The tough guy business, and that sends a tone of where he's coming from, right? Like he's the alpha dog, and that's it. Yeah, he's got an ego. He's petty. You know, like that's that's a characteristic of a lot of people. A lot of successful people have huge egos and are extremely petty. And it the fact gets that them... this man, the fact that this man said boxing is nothing but gimmick fights the day after yeah. Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford gets announced that. Well, you know, me. that's what he says, right? And people that don't follow, they just believe it. And there's a lot of dumb people out there. There's a lot of dumb people out there, man. Like seriously. Yeah. A tremendous amount. And I or think just that's his the best fan way. base. Like he has such a massive fan base. When you have yeah. a legit fan, whatever yeah. you say, they're rock. How many people do we see that are just like Francis ruined his life, ruined his career by stepping away from the yeah. UFC? It's like, they, no, he didn't. People, like some people really worship Dana White. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and beyond like logic, and that's what it is. And he's just doing what he does. Um, perfect way to get out of here, man. Going at Dana White. Everybody, <laughs> appreciate you joining us. You know, we see you in the comments. Make sure you guys go uh follow Sicko at Sicko Sports and J Spec, J Spec the host. Uh subscribe to this channel and we'll be back next week for another show. Peace, love, and uh and don't beat anybody up. Try not to, unless you